0: So, if you didn't know, Ignite was going on this weekend. Uh, They had started on Friday night, ending here with us today. And again, that was just a small recap of everything that they did um, over the weekend. And we're looking forward to the stories that come out of it and to continue to talk through um, how God is moving in our youth ministry and in the youth of this community and what God's doing through uh, the leaders and how this generation of young people, as Tyler said two weeks ago, Go, are committed to reach their friends, and not only be a generation that worships God, but a generation that cares about their friends and their eternity. So uh, we're excited about that, excited what's happening in youth ministry. I was told, keep it short and stay loud so that you guys stay awake. Would you all, are you all agreeing with that? They're kind of like, uh... Yeah, but we are excited about what's going on in our youth ministry and excited about the weekend and everybody that uh, came on board to help and be able to get it done. I mean, it's an exciting time here at Life and what's happening in uh, youth ministry. So we are starting a new series um, called In God We Trust, uh, and the reason that we're starting the series, the reason that, you know, uh, I thought through this idea was, is that I think in 2020, there were multiple times where I think people were like, I don't know who to trust. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't really know you know, who to trust, I don't really, really know what to trust at this point. And it could be as small as things like, I don't know that I trust that the grocery store is going to have toilet paper, right? Like people are eating it, something's happening, you know, like little things, like, you know what I mean? Because nobody would think you would go to a grocery store, and how's the one thing you run out of is toilet paper, you know, there's just no way that, well, anyway, so we won't go there. Point being is, like, this idea of the small things, the pandemic, you know, caused people to be like, man, I don't trust, or even maybe you experienced this, you went to the grocery store, and for the first time ever, you're like, there's no meat, where does this come from that we don't have any meat anymore, right? Like, we trusted that anytime you go into the grocery store, they're just going to have meat. For us, who they're on the supply chain who are raising animals, we'd be like, we know why you haven't, don't have any meat, but people don't really think through that, right? You go to the grocery store, you just trust they're going to have meat, and then all of a sudden, they don't. But a lot of things happened during the pandemic where I think people were like, you know, I, I don't know what to trust anymore. I mean, I don't think anybody would have thought in 2020 that you would ever have to think through this. Like, I would always trust that if I wanted to go to church, I could go to church. Right? Like, nobody ever thought that you would be in a position in 2020 where people are telling you, you can't go to church, you can't gather. I don't think anybody would have thought in 2020, you know, for people that are going out, just like this Ignite weekend for, you know, the speakers that came in, the band come in, people that they're out sharing the gospel through music and, and through their message, somebody tell you, well, you can't share the gospel this year, you know, or you can't go into these places. You can't. Like, nobody expected those types of things to happen. Everybody just trusted that if you wanted to go to work and you wanted to go to church and you wanted to share the gospel and if you wanted to talk about Jesus like there's no way the church will ever be closed, right? There's no way that those things would ever happen. Or like in the whole political situation, you know, here we are in 2020 like <laughs> who do you trust? right? What, what media outlets are you going to listen to? Like, there's all kinds of things going on where I think a lot of people just have lost their trust with all of the things that are going on. Now, here's what we're going to talk about, because if you went through stuff in 2020, like if you went through challenges in 2020, which I think most people would or have, and if you haven't, get ready. It'll happen at some point in your life. You know, A challenge came up, and and a word or a phrase that everybody usually says is, well, listen, in this situation, all you need to do is trust God, right? Like all you need to do is trust God, and in the situation that you're going through or the things that are happening or whatever's going on, all you need to do is you need to to trust God. And I'm just telling you, that preaches well, and that goes on coffee mugs well, and t-shirts well. It doesn't always live well. You know, and I'm going to, again, today I'm going to share you a little bit about my own personal story when it comes to trust the Lord, because it's something that in, you know, 30 years of being a Christian, and, and in the past 15 to 16 years of experiencing turmoil in my life, I had to come to this place where people were telling me to trust God, and I'm like, I don't think it works. Like, I've done it. Like, I did everything you told me to do. The outcome of what I wanted wasn't, didn't happen. So you said trust, it didn't happen. I don't know if I can really trust. Like, I, I think I'm not the only person in life that have went through situations where you feel like you've put your trust in God, but then the outcome of it all didn't go the way you thought it should. And so at the end of the day, you're like, is God a God who can really be trusted? Now, I, I know, you know, nobody's gonna shake their head. Like, yeah, I really thought about that because you're worried that somebody's looking at you thinking, "Wow, if I ever thought I didn't wasn't going to trust God, somebody might look different upon me." I'm just telling you if you haven't been in a tough situation where you needed to trust God and you wanted the outcome to be something and it didn't turn out the way you thought it should, believe me, at some point you will ask this question, can God be trusted? And I think for all of us through this series, what I want to be able to do, I want to be able to go through it, and I want to look at it, and I don't want it to just be a term, right? I don't want it to be just something that we just wear on church or put on coffee mugs. I want us to really understand what does it mean to truly trust the Lord, and what does it mean for us as Christian people to put our full trust in Him and so that we can experience His faithfulness. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Luke 5. That's where we're— uh, We're going to be, yeah, Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. And remember, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. So that's uh, the story of Jesus' life. And in the story of Jesus' life, he was doing a couple different things. He was, as you looked at him, if you're reading the Gospels, people would say, if you want to know what God is like, because a lot of people are like, God's distant, so I don't know who he is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? So he was two people saying, I'm going to connect the dots for you so that you can know that, like, uh, if you want to know who God is, look at me, and you'll understand uh, what that looks like. The other thing that he was doing is he was training up a group of people right, much like where you guys are at today as as a youth community, training up a group of people to go out and reach a group of people, right, like to take it and then spread the gospel out from where you are today, and so in all of that, there were experiences that Jesus taught his disciples that in this experience, this is what I want you to learn, and this is why, and this is for you guys, too. You need to know this experience for this reason, because I have something for you in the future that this experience that you're going through right now, this moment in life that God is using you for, in a year from now, six months from now, or two weeks from now, I'm going to use this to be able to further the kingdom, right? And that's what he's working on. So he's doing the same thing with his disciples even from the beginning, training them up to get them prepared so that they could go out and be salt and light into a very dark world. So here's how he starts in uh, Luke 5, starting in verse 1. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gethsemane, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats uh, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, uh, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put, a, uh, put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down uh, the nets for a catch. Simon asked, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, You've probably read that scripture before. You know, you read through it, and, you know, Jesus teaches teaching from the boat, and then he takes Simon out, and he tells Simon, just throw your, you know, nets into the deep water, and then at the end of the story, make it real quick, they catch a bunch of fish. Amen, right? Here's the thing that I want to make sure that you don't miss inside of this story. So I want you to think about this for a second. Have you ever been, like, really good at something, or, like, you've been working on something all of your life, and then somebody else tries to tell you what to do? So, like as an example. So when I was a mechanic, this is the funniest thing ever. So went to school to be a mechanic, been working on cars for, you know, a lot of years. Somebody brings you their car that's broke, and you're out fixing the car, and then they come out and give you advice on how to fix their car. I'm like, I'm going to hit you over the head. <laughs> Why'd you bring me your car if you know how to do it, right? Like if you know how to fix your car, why do you come out and tell me? And, and again, or like when I used to coach football, this would be the funniest thing. So we'd be coaching football and the the kids would come together in a huddle. They're like, coach, we got to play for you. And so they would diagram out this play. And I'm like, where did you get that play? They're like, Madden. And I'm like, where? Yeah, it works all the time in Madden. You know, I'm like, It doesn't work on the football field. It's not the same thing. Just because you're an expert at Madden doesn't mean that those type of plays work, right? The concept is this. Think about this. Here's Simon, a fisherman, and Jesus, a preacher, telling Simon, Hey, by the way, you fished all night, and you're an expert at it, and you actually make your living like this, and you actually, you know, have all of your livelihood like this. How about I tell you where to throw your nets down? Now, how do you think that—again, we read the end of it like, whatever you say, Jesus, but can you imagine really what was going through Simon's mind? The same thing that goes through your mind. When somebody tells you what to do when you already got it under control, and you already think you know better right? That's the whole idea. But see, here's what Jesus is trying to get us to understand, and here's where we're going with all of this. There comes a time in your life where we have to do things that make no sense, right? That's part of trusting God, right? The whole idea of it is Simon sitting there and saying, listen, if I was going to make sense out of this, first of all, you don't fish during the day. Bad idea, Right, so nobody goes out in the middle of the heat unless they just want to sit up there and get a sunburn. Right? Nobody goes out and fishes in the middle of the day, right? And he doesn't, nobody does that. Nobody throws in the deep water, right? Because if you're fishing with a net, it doesn't make any sense to fish into deep water. But I guess at the end of the day, I'm going to trust you to do what makes zero sense, right? The same concept comes when he talks about faith. In fact, in Proverbs uh, 3, verses 5 through 6, here's what it says, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Now, think about this concept, right? So the concept is he wants us to do things, and at the end of the day, we would say, oh, yeah, I really trust Jesus, right? And I, and, and I want to I put all my faith, and I want to put all my trust in Him. Now, think about this. Does that work when you're in a situation, because everybody's had it, but think of this situation. So, let's say that um, you're struggling with a medical issue, and you don't know the outcome. Let's say that you are struggling with your finances. Let's say you're struggling with your children, and then this is what somebody comes up and says, hey, Here's what scripture says. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its enough worries. How's that make you feel? Does that make any sense? Now listen, <laughs> things aren't going well in your life. You got a diagnosis that you might, might not make it out of and somebody's like, oh, you really shouldn't worry about how that's going to affect your children and your family and everybody around you. Like you shouldn't think about that. Does that make any sense when somebody says, well, Scripture says, don't worry about tomorrow, right? Or the same concept, like, you know your kids are off the rails? Nobody else has had kids off the rails. (laughs) Thank you. When your kids are off the rails and they're going away from God, and, and, and at the end of the day, you're trying to get it so that you want these kids to come to know Jesus Christ, you want them to have the right life, but they are going that way fast and somebody says, Oh, just give them over to God. (laughs) Well, I'd like to give them over to somebody, but at this point, I'm not exactly sure God is the one that can get this right, because I already gave them to Him, and they ain't fixed, right? Like, this isn't working, right? And what He's trying to get at, and like, it's easy to to preach or to say the message is, give your kids over to God, or, you know, or let's say, you know, your finances are struggling and somebody says, you know what the problem is? You just need to be generous. If you were generous, then God says, you know, this is what it says inside of scripture. He's going to bless you and everything's going to be good. And then you're like, okay, I was generous. And then your finances are still bad. Then what do you do? Right? What do you do in the moments when you did put your trust into, and then at the end of the day, you're not really sure that it works. Now, I'm going to give you a little uh, analogy or a little picture illustration. So a long time ago when we were talking about um, salvation, not a long time ago, but the last time that we talked about salvation, we talked about this idea that um, when he says you need to believe in Jesus Christ, right, like you need to believe in him, confess with your mouth and believe, that believing meant that you were going to trust him right? That you're going to come to the place where you trust in the Lord. And the only way to truly trust in the Lord is, you know, through showing that you trust him, right? So we talked about what the, what the stool uh, really means. So I need a volunteer. Somebody want to volunteer? Okay, come on up. So here, (laughs) on stage where you belong, right? You can't, you, you can't, Listen, you can't sit down yet, okay? Are you ready for this? I know you're tired, but this, see, this is, this is keeping you awake. Everybody's, everybody's looking at you, okay? So now we're gonna use this illustration just for a second and talk about this. So if I said, hey, you know, this chair, you know, the chair is good and, and, and it, it's gonna be sturdy and everything's okay, and I'd say, go ahead and sit in the chair. Are you, are you looking at me like you're afraid it's gonna collapse? <laughs> She thought there was a trick, you know, or something that goes with it. But, okay, so again, the reason that she could sit into this chair, right, the reason that it made sense to her is, one, because she knows me. I know she gave a little bit of a look like, I don't know if I can trust her, but I think at the end of the day, she knows I don't, wasn't going to make her fall on her butt, right? Mm. You weren't sure. (laughs) But all of those fears went away when you sat in the chair. Right? So now, again, if I got her back up and I said, hey, go ahead and sit in the chair, way easier, right? Because now she knows that chair is going to hold her and I'm trustworthy. Right? Does that make sense? The chair is going to hold her. I'm trustworthy. Now, go ahead and hop up. Now, come over here. (laughs) Are you ready? Just make sure everybody can see. Now, I want you to sit in this stool. (laughs) (laughs) okay come back up yeah no not again think about the same look right yeah you're asking me to sit in a stool and she looked behind me like are you crazy (laughs) is that the kind of look you gave me yeah like you're there's no stool here so you know what the first thing that goes through her mind is like I see the stool I trust him I can sit in this I don't see a stool and all of a sudden my trust in him starts to go away. Right? It starts to wane because he's asking me to do something that makes no sense, right? Thank you. But here's the so here to put it at this This is where most people are living their life. Comfort, security and control. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Yes, this is where most of us want to be. Most of us want to be comfort, security, and control, right? To trust Jesus, he asks you to give up comfort, security, and control. It's just, he's asking you to come over here. Trust me, there'll be, a, like, it's kind of like the Harry Potter movies, like if you sit down, then the chair appears type of a thing, but you, it will never appear until you try to take a seat, right? Until you actually try to sit down, you're never going to see that there's a chair really there. But this is what Jesus is trying to get each one of us to understand. You're going to have to come to a place where it makes zero sense for you to do this, but you're going to have to trust me. And until you trust me, right? Until you trust me, you'll never be able to experience my presence and my faith. If you're going to sit in this chair for all of your life, comfort, security, and control, which I'll just give you a little fast forward. So if you're young, I'll give you guys, all you young people. Let me fast forward. I love this chair. But let me tell you, it's a false sense of security and a false sense of control and a false sense of comfort. This chair goes away. Right? I mean, I wish I could tell you, that when I put my faith in this chair and I could see this chair, that it gave me everything I needed. But I'm going to tell you right now, this chair collapsed. It does. And anybody that wants to convince you that this is the place to sit, never sit in this chair. Never put your faith in this chair because it's going to go away. And, and here's what we got to get. Right? And you need to settle something in your mind. So if you want to be able to come to the place where you fully trust God, you gotta, you got to settle something. Here's what you need to settle. The outcome is God's. The obedience is yours. And I tell you that for this reason. Think, I want, I, this is a per, I'm going to tell you another personal story. Okay. I struggle with that. And here's why. In the beginning, it was somebody came to me and they're like, I want you to come to the hospital and I want you to pray for this person. And I'm like, the person was really sick and possibly dying. And they, I want you to come and I want you to pray that they're healed. And I'm like, I'm in, man. I read, I read the Bible. You know what the Bible says? The prayer of a faithful man, the prayer of a righteous man, will be heard and answered by faith. I'm going to this hospital, I'm going to lay hands, I'm going to anoint, I'm going to do everything Scripture says, and I am by faith trusting that these people who are struggling with their faith right now, because they're losing somebody that they love, right, and that if God comes through, if God comes through, and they're healed, by faith those people are going to be like, I'm in, and I prayed, and I laid hands on, and I anointed, And they died. That's not how the story's supposed to end, right? And you know what I did? I'm like, (laughs) this is almost shameful to admit it. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. So when somebody comes and asks me to pray for them, you know what I'm going to say? God, your will be done. Because I don't want to put it out there anymore. Because what if they're not healed? What if I gave them a false sense of faith? What if, I, what if I put it out there and said, you know, did these things, and then the next thing you know, this person ends up dying too. What am I doing to their faith? And what am I doing to my faith? And how does all those things work? So I would go and somebody would say, will you pray for him? I'll say, I'll pray for him. God, your will be done. Which kind of leaves you in both camps, right? You know what I mean? It's, you don't really have to be one way or the other. You can just be in the middle, God, whatever your will is. Until I settled something in my heart. I settled this in my heart. The outcome was never mine to begin with. The obedience was mine. And I'm telling you this from that day forward. If you come to me and ask me to pray for you, I will pray that you are completely healed. I will anoint you with oil and I will trust by faith. And I believe this, that God is a miracle worker who still does miracles in this world. And I'm trusting him to do the miracles. Like that's who I'm gonna do it. The outcome was never mine to begin with. But the obedience is all mine. And to be able to experience true faith, you have to settle this. The outcome is not your control, only the obedience to sit in the chair. And when you do that, when you start to go down those roads, you're going to start to understand what it really means to be able to trust God. And, and again, I want to challenge you guys, young people, listen You guys are at a place right now, you know, it says the faith of a child, right? The faith of a child. You know why it says that? Because the world has yet to corrupt you. You have the ability to believe like a child, like he sees. You have have the ability to go to a place where you can say, you know what, no matter what it takes, when I'm making my decisions, listen to me, okay? So if you're sleeping, wake up for just one second. If you're sitting in this chair and you're guidance counselor and these people around you saying, find the job and find the thing that makes you the most comfortable, most secure, and the most, you know, take the less risk, I'm telling you, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first God's will for your life. Don't let people corrupt you into this idea that you have to somehow have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You only have to have one thing figured out, who you're listening to. who is going to be the voice in your head? Listen, jobs, that stuff comes and goes. Do you know what I mean? Those things just, you know, we kind of go through there. There is is no perfect job, there's no perfect boss, and there's never enough money. (laughs) I'm just telling you, if they're going to kind of convince you that get the job, you're going to make enough money to always, just, I don't know, I've tried, it never works, you know. Listen to the right voices because you have a chance. And for all of us, not just for these guys, I mean, figure this out. Don't let anybody put you in those places. God's got something to say, and he needs us in this place. Settle in your heart that the outcome is his, but the obedience is yours. Now he goes on, and he says this and the, uh, the rest of the verse, starting in verse 6. It says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, "'Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man.' For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, "'Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people.' So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. In the first part of the scripture, he says, there's going to be a time in your life where you're going to have to throw the nets overboard, even when it doesn't make sense. So for you guys in life right now, you need to be okay with this idea. God's going to be asking you to throw into the deep water and it's not going to make any sense and you're not going to be able to get it all figured out, but you need to throw the nets over. You need to start there. And then you're going to come to a place where Simon Peter did in this situation, where not only are you are going to have to throw your nets over, you're going to have to lay your nets down. Now think about this. Simon Peter found all of his security in what? His nets. The thing that gave him sense of purpose in life. Come on, guys, isn't this what it is for us? We find purpose in what we do right, like we find purpose in what we can make, we find purpose in what we can put our hands on, we can find purpose in this. At this point, Jesus is saying to him, everything that you're finding purpose in, everything that represents security in your life, everything that has given you this, I'm going to say, false sense of security, I need you to put those nets down. And I need you to come over here, because over here I have something for you over here, I want you to be a fisher of men, your job, your thing, like do whatever. But at the end of the day, the only way that we can be fisher of men is to leave this seat and, and move over to here, right? Now, I want you to think about this. When you talk about being a fisher of men, I want to just give you uh, some thoughts on this, is that it used to be when um, when I was a kid, the gap between somebody not knowing Christ and knowing Christ was, was small, right? It was like, we just need to help you understand a little bit more. We just need to, you know, to, to be able to trust Jesus. Like, you've seen generational faith. Like, that's the way it used to be. Like, growing up, a lot of times you saw generational faith, and then when somebody said, oh, you need to give your life to Christ, they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. My parents, my you know, aunts and uncles, my grandma and grandpa, like they had generational faith. And then when somebody asked me to put my faith in them, I would look at grandma and grandpa, or I'd look at mom and dad, I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." That's not today. The gap for people accepting Jesus Christ right now is large, and part of the reason is is they don't have generational faith examples anymore. I've said this to you before, like, when you ask somebody to sit in this chair, if they've seen you sit in this chair before, if they've seen you take these steps, if they've seen you act by faith, and you say, you know what, you should do the same thing, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing, but you know the problem today? They haven't seen anybody do it. Mom and dad aren't living by faith anymore. Mom and dad aren't doing the things that they're sitting over here and saying, you should actually probably be in the same seat, because it's scary out there. (laughs) Right? And they're saying, you, like me, stay comfortable, instead of saying, i like to smash this thing so that you could never have a chance to sit in this seat. So that you could never go down this road. I never want you out of a chance to get caught in what the world tells you is secure, and you're going to be sitting in the seat, and it's going to collapse someday, and it might be too late. I don't want you in this chair. I want to show you that we threw that chair away in our house. We are living over here. We're living here. And so when you want to come to the place where you want to understand faith, you're seeing it. Youth leaders that gave up their weekend for kids to say, this is faith. People who will come down from other places to speak and say, this is faith. Watch me, learn from me, see how I interact, do these things. This is why, because we want you in this chair. We want you to sit down, and we want you to know that it's not completely safe, But it's the place to be, right? That this is the place that you need to spend your time. Now, the band's going to come back up. I want to give you um, a little bit of my own personal story, because my story inside of this, I want you to hear from me that this has not been the easiest thing, right? Like for me, when I I say these things, they, they haven't been the easiest things for me to be able to figure out in life. And and I'm going to tell you a little bit why. So it's one thing when I was showing you guys this earlier. So it's one thing to um, go into somebody's room, they've called you up there and you pray for them, and I mean you know them and you know the family, but I mean it's not your family. And so you go up and you by faith you lay hands on them and you pray, and the person ends up passing away. It's another thing when it's your own family. It's another thing, you know, and and I've shared these stories with you before, but one of my biggest struggles was this when it came to trusting God is I always wanted to be in control of tomorrow, right? Like I always want to be in control of tomorrow. I always want to know that what I do today will make sure that tomorrow is is insured, right? Like that was my struggle. And so when everybody like trust, 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 I'm like, I don't know, because I've done this before. Like I shared with you guys this, um... So I didn't have the greatest relationship with my mom and my dad. And you know, even after Brady was born, like they didn't even hardly see him. And we made a decision that when uh, Lexi was born that we're gonna build that relationship. And we started to build that relationship back up and we got to the place where the relationship was good and things were going well. And by faith, we're like, God, you can heal this relationship and you can do the things that, that you need to do. And you're gonna do these amazing things and then she died. That's not the way it's supposed to work, is it? You know, we came to the place where Sherry's father-in-law, who had taken a role as a father for me, taught me how to shoot a gun, taught me how to fish, taught me how to hunt, you know, taking over that role in my life, gets a brain tumor, right? Right? and they do the surgery and all he has to do is get through four years of getting his head scanned and everything's gonna be okay. And he gets his head scanned and the tumor's back. And somebody came to me, you know what? But but listen, Mike. (laughs) If you fast and you pray and if you believe, God's gonna heal him. So you know what I did? I fasted seven days I prayed and there was no doubt in my mind that my father-in-law was going to be healed and he died that's not the way it's supposed to work right that's not the way life is supposed to go I trusted you I trusted you and it didn't work And you want me to trust you again? You hear me? Because it's always about I wanted my outcome, not his. Right? I mean, the reason that I say it didn't work is because I wanted to be in control of. I wanted to decide whether somebody lives and dies. I wanted to be God. And I couldn't trust him because I couldn't give up control. But the hardest thing that I had to do is when it came to my wife. (laughs) I mean, she is the most faithful, loving, caring person. And for 10 years, for 10 years, she struggled with her health. 10 years of being in and out of the hospital. She gave up everything to come here. Everything, being next to her family, being in the home that she wanted, time with me, like she gave up it all. Because I said this, you know what would be a lot easier? I would rather be the one, that would have been way easier. But the person that I love, the deepest in my life to watch her suffer and hurt and be in pain and have to keep going back to the doctor and the news is always the same. You know what I mean? Like, it's always the same. I'm like, God, we're faithful. We're trusting you. And uh, like, is there a break in there? You know what I mean? Like, can something, like, can you get a break? You know, and this is just my own story. Like, everybody has their own story. But Sherry and I came to a place where here's what we realized. And this has helped us understand what it really means to trust him is that we believe that what she has is a gift And here's why. I've known many of people live as if they have tomorrow and lose the person they love the most and regret that they didn't do this and they didn't do this and they didn't do this. You know what Sherry and I decided? We don't get tomorrow. We will take advantage of today. And I'm not going to miss the moments, and I'm not going to be distracted, and I'm not going to allow these things to happen. I'm not going to allow the moments that God gave me with my wife. I'm not going to let them go away. And I think that's what he's saying to you. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the outcome of anything in our life, but we are guaranteed of this. If you put your faith and trust in him, you will be in the place where it's like no other, because I can't explain to you. And and Nichelle, the song that she picked is so incredible, like, because it makes sense. There's no other place than resting in the father's arms. No other place where that happens. So will you stand so I can pray with you? So Heavenly Father, as we um, move out into this idea of what does it really look like to trust you, Lord, may we recognize that um, it's easy to say, but sometimes really hard to do. And so Lord, I pray today that we will continue to understand the depths of what it means to put our faith and our trust in you and how you as the only Father can love us like only you can. May we bask in that. Lord, we love you. To name we pray. Amen.
1: What a great Sunday for me to come back on. Um, this idea of control has been huge, as many of you know. Over the last several years of my life, and learning to let go of control, um, my husband and I waited for several years to adopt our son Judah. And... Um, Sorry. It's just really cool to see him back there. Oh, God. <sighs> and the God, God taught me over and over again to, to let go of control because it was something I just couldn't control. I just had to rest in the promise that He'd given us. And I thought, as if I could just get to a place where I could talk to a birth mom that's interested in us, then it would, I would just feel so much better. And the Monday before Thanksgiving, we got our phone call. And what I thought would change um, into just this pure excitement um, turned me into such a, a different tailspin of, man, I feel like even more out of control now than I did before. And it was during this time, as I felt so insecure about my abilities to be a mother to this child, that the Lord brought me this song, it's called Lean Back, and it's all about resting in God, because in that moment, as much as I thought that I would have control, I had zero control. If this mother chose to parent her child, which she had every right to do, that it was going to be okay. God was going to love me and see me through it and it was going to be okay. And so this song, I don't know what's going on within your life right now. If there's something going on that you just feel so insecure or feel so out of control and you're just desperately searching for that. I pray that this song would be a gift to you this morning. If just for the five minutes that we sing it, that you would just be able to just pause and sit back and rest in God's love because he is so tender and kind and he is good.
2: Your like-
0: So here is our challenge for the week, something for all of us to think out. Where do you need to throw your nets over? Where are those places that God's asking you to do that might make no sense to the world, but he's speaking to you? What nets of security do you need to lay down so that you can experience what God wants for you, and that's to lean back into the loving arms of a father? And there's nothing like that. And when you experience it, you will never want to go back. What do we need to throw our nets over to? Where do we need to lay our nets down and lean back into the only one that can love us the way that we deserve? So thanks for being here with us this week. Again, uh, say hi to the kids and encourage them in what they're doing and all the youth leaders uh, in what's happening. And keep, continue to pray that uh, our youth ministry does amazing things. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you guys next week.